The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, March 20th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Also, extra special thanks to my biggest fan and helper and almost co-host on the show half the time, researcher. Joan has many, many hats and has always been a big help, and hopefully you guys appreciate her too. So let's give both of them big, big thanks. Applause. Yay. Alrighty. Tonight's show, as all of our shows do, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start this show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week. AMC Plus does not count. With recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together. And then at the commercial breaks, we will rate the episode from 1 to 10. 1 being, oh my God, kill it. And 10 being, this is glorious. Please do this all the time. We'll also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the casting crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Alrighty, recapping real quick, I have a couple of modifications to new projects I've been telling you guys about. A lot of this is going to be the same, and I just want to go over it because not everyone listens every week, and not everybody who does is caught up. So, first, welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 13 in the second third of season 11, so... We're about halfway through the second third, a little less than half, a little more than halfway. Pardon me, I cannot math in my head. Following by the Talking Dead around 10 p.m. And Joan, this is your cue for me to ask you very, very nicely if you would please find out when Talking Dead comes on, so that everybody knows when the episode ends and Talking Dead begins. Um, it's approximately 10 p.m. They have stopped airing other stuff that has nothing to do with us in between. So very happy for that. The second mid-season finale is April 10th. Not that far away. No word when part three, the final section, picks back up, though. Number two, Fear of the Walking Dead, season seven, episode nine, mid-season premiere, will return immediately the following weekend after Walking Dead mid-season finale. So season 11 Episode 16 of Walking Dead Classic is on April 10th, and that means Fear will pick back up mid-season opener on April 17th. Number three, for those who may be behind, all of you should know this by now, but in case you didn't, Walking Dead World Beyond has ended. That was quite a while ago now. Number four, in 2023, the fourth series is coming, the unnamed spinoff with Carol and Daryl. Slight New, I won't call it news because it's just chit-chat on social media. But there has started to be speculation among the fans that this series, one of the first spinoffs that was named that's happening, hasn't received its name yet because it's a ruse covering a major death or other plot twist soon coming. Remember how they treated Glenn's death, even though we knew it was in the comics. I'm only discussing this because quite a big deal was made about that. And it was four seasons ago, so we're fine. Um, But the big deal was they had him seeming to die under the dumpster, and then he didn't. And it wasn't that long before he really did. And people were kind of stabby about being teased that way. So I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it's possible that the Carol and Daryl show is a ruse. 
Uh, supposedly, Angela Kang wrote the first episode of it. I don't really know what's going on for sure. It's supposed to come out this summer, and it's coming up on the mid to end of March. So we really only have a few weeks before we'll know. I guess we'll know by the time Fear ends. And that will be eight weeks after April 17th, and I cannot math. Um, Joan has come back with an answer for us. Always appreciation for that. That's very nice of you. So she has found out that Talking Dead is on at 10.04 tonight, which is a couple minutes earlier than it's been in previous weeks. So I guess tonight's episode is going to be a little more mindful of its time. (coughs) Pardon me. Okay, number five. In summer 2022 will be a fifth show, the six-episode anthology Tales of the Walking Dead. Uh, Filming for the series, this is where I have a little bit of new news, or at least an expansion of news you guys should already know from last week and several weeks. Filming for the series began in January 2022 in Buford, Georgia, which I didn't know. It's it's near the uh, perimeter or beltway uh, in Atlanta. The first episode is directed by Satro, who has directed several episodes of both The Walking Dead and Fear. And in February 2022, it was confirmed that Satro would direct three of the six first season episodes. There's rumored to be at least a second season. And the remaining three episodes will be directed by Haifa Almansur, Deborah Kampmeyer, and Tara Nicole Wire. It could be Ware or Wire. I actually don't know. It's W-E-Y-R. If I happen to find out which it is, I will make sure I get it right. And she has previously directed For Fear herself. Um, the other two don't sound familiar. They may be new to the franchise. Channing Powell is showrunner. I told you guys that weeks ago. There may be more than one season, according to Scott Gimple, uh, including the plane crash from the opening pilot of World Beyond, uh, episodes called Brave. Also, possibly an episode on Madison Clark, uh, possibly an episode on Sasha, and possibly an episode on Alpha. Other cast members include, I don't even think it's may include anymore. I think they're confirmed mostly. Uh, Terry Crews, Anthony Edwards, Parker Posey, Poppy Liu, Jillian Bell, and Daniela Pineda. Dead in the Water, I have an update. The digital exclusive webisode series tells the story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear. Fear the Walking Dead Dead in the Water, title, is the upcoming webisode that tells the story of a submarine crew fighting for survival, cut off from the surface world just as the apocalypse hits, becoming a nuclear-fueled, walker-filled death trap with no way out. The new special will air exclusively, unhappy to say this to you, but this is the deal, it's going to air on April 10th, 2022, only on AMC+. Plus. <sighs> I really think it's a mistake for them to put too much content that could be of wide interest only on AMC+. I could see doing it early because if people want to pay for it, but not happy about this. Uh, anyhow, they're, this is the synopsis they put forth. Rewind to the eve of the apocalypse, where a conflicted officer and new father, played by Nick Stahl, Fights for survival just as the apocalypse hits. Shipmates turn one by one with no explanation. That's right. If you go back to the beginning, people didn't know what caused it yet. And these guys are nowhere near Rick being at the CDC in Atlanta where the doctor told him. And the USS Pennsylvania becomes a nuclear-filled and walker-filled, nuclear-fueled, pardon, and walker-filled death trap with no way out. And by the way, no time for the airing was announced, so I'm assuming kind of like the upcoming episode of the week that it's magically going to appear available on AMC Plus after whatever deadline, you know, so I guess in the morning of April 10th. And so if you guys want to watch it, you can get that out of the way before the new episode, which will be the um, mid-season second finale, hits on April 10th. So you can watch that during the day and then watch Walking Dead Classic at Night. Uh, Number seven, 
Uh, already told you guys about this last week. Actually, there's been an article. I didn't copy it to read to you guys, but the gist of it is that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is kind of shocked AMC announced this so early because for this show to exist at all contains major, major, major spoilers. Isle of the Dead, and as I said last week, I feel like the title is to Romero. But, I mean, they're in the same genre, so you can kind of forgive. Maggie and Negan in New York City. The other scrap of social media gossip is that this show may have a plot line that frickin' finally... We could say fucking. That's a rated R show. Sorry. F-bomb! Uh, they're fucking finally going to have a plot line about finding a cure. I guess they just didn't want to insert it into the main plot line. It, that's fine, I suppose. Although, for the record, as I've said many, many times on this show, I think they missed the perfect segue for it with Eugene. And Eugene should have gone to Washington and they should have found something. But they threw that one away. Now, if Eugene survives to the end, I'm not entirely sure that this couldn't be possible. But I don't know anything about Maggie and Negan that would lead them to the cure unless they happen to stumble upon, I don't know, Eugene having wandered off and found some scientists. I have no idea. But anyway, I wanted to tell you guys that supposedly one of the big plot lines on that side business is going to be about the cure somehow. And I'm happy that's happening. Not happy by the execution. All right, it's 843. Feel free to call in to speak with the host at 914-338-0314. You can call anytime tonight, but we especially encourage you to call between 830 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You are still welcome to call during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. The phones are not your thing. Feel free to join us in our live chat room where you can talk to me and Joan and whoever else comes to party. And you'll be able to listen to the show real time while you're on the website. And you can also go back to that link after the show's over. And they will have archived the episode so you can download it or listen to it on the website itself. We usually post the links on Facebook and Twitter, so feel free to pass that around. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go back and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, and I have just recently found out also Spotify. Yes, yes, Joe Rogan's a butthead. I'm still using Spotify personally because I'm very invested in it and it's handy and I have to pick what hill I'm dying on. Um, all, but also because I found out that we're being carried there. So I don't want to walk away entirely because that would be silly. Um, okay. Let's see if Joan has anything else to add. Possibly. Joan says she has also heard these rumors about the Carol and Daryl show as well. And the reason for thinking it's a roost, but you don't believe it. Okay. Joan, when you say that, does that mean that you don't believe it's a ruse, that you think it's going to be a real show? Um, And she'll probably get back to me in a minute with an answer. And she also notes that the pronunciation for, um, well, it's, it's not spelled how I said when I gave those names. Hold on. Wire, weir, it is spelled... W-E-Y-R, although I think it would be the same as W-E-I-R. So she says a pronunciation consensus for W-E-I-R by default, of course people are free to do it however they want with their own names, is weir. So W-E-Y-R is probably also weir. And I'm going to actually write that on my notes in case I do keep this on and talk about it next week. Weir. Okay. Got it. Uh, Let's go down to tonight's Walking Dead episode is entitled Warlords. The official AMC synopsis is Maggie, Lydia, and Elijah help a stranger from another community called Riverbend. 
They run into Aaron, who tells them about a mission he embarked on with Gabriel as emissaries for the Commonwealth. By the way, it has not been kept secret, but I'm going to quote vague book about this. When they encounter Riverbend, they will encounter somebody from their past. And I'm not going to say any more, but just expect the Riverbend plot line to bring somebody back up that we'd lost track of. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Additional synopses, which I usually do for you guys. Let me pull that link up. Hold on. I'm having mouse problems because my hand hurt. I have tendonitis, so my hand is being wonky. But let me pull this link up for you guys with additional synopses. So I have two of them tonight. They're both from Bleeding Cool. It's just different aspects of it. Okay. So I'm going to check in real quick with Joan. Oh, uh, she has a comment for me. She does not believe it's a ruse, and she doesn't believe they will go with the reason it could be a ruse. This character will take that comic character's death. Oh, I don't even think that's the reason. Um, nobody. I don't know about comic characters' deaths or any of that stuff. I just thought the reason was going to be that there might be a major death coming. I don't, it has nothing to do with comics. It's just we haven't lost anybody in a while, and it's about time. And things are getting super contentious. And let me remind you, tonight's episode is renamed, not renamed, well, yeah, it is renamed. I'll get to that in a bit in trivia. Is named Warlords. And so, especially when you consider who the missing person is that shows up tonight. I don't know. It just seems like it's plausible. That's all I'm really getting at. Let me go ahead and go over to the second synopsis for you. And this is from Bleeding Cool. And it's posted by Ray Fluke, who is their standard Walking Dead person. And Ray says, this is The Walking Dead, season 11, episode 13. Will Aaron and Gabriel do more harm than good? They might. You know. Remember the last time. Okay. As we've seen, heading into this weekend... AMC's Walking Dead Warlords finds Aaron and Gabriel agreeing to serve as, quote, ambassadors for the Commonwealth, parenthetically, though it seems more to curry favor with Josh Hamilton's Hornsby, end parentheses, to make contact with a new community. Well, it looks like things don't go too well, parenthetically. Remember the last time those two traveled together? <laughs> and then Maggie, Lydia, and Elijah end up being pulled into the situation, one that the following images and the preview from Sunday night's Talking Dead show could be what leads to things going south between the communities. Now we have a look at the official teaser promo for Warlords, which offers a better sense of just how much the tension is continuing to build. But first, to look back at the preview images to set the mood, and they have some photos, several of which I did include in tonight's little carousel on the website when you guys go to the chat room there is a banner above the chat room and there's room to put a carousel of pictures and i usually put snaps from the episode of the evening all right they have a clip with the promo i can't show you guys video so i can't really get into that part um writers and directors i'll get to in a hot minute uh so the rest of this is just about the season itself and not about the episodes. Let me get to the other synopsis for you. And this one, also from Bleeding Cool, uh, is entitled The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 13, Warlords, Images, New Community, Comma, New Concerns. And pulling it up now, and this is also by Ray Fluke. This was written first before the one I just read you. They're a couple days apart uh, earlier this week. Okay, Ray says, after this um, weekend's episode, the lucky ones from last weekend, offered us a look at a number of symbolic shareholders in play on the Commonwealth side of things. We have a set of preview images for the weekend's episode of Walking Dead in Warlords. Aaron and Gabriel agree to serve as emissaries and not, not in quotes, on behalf of the Commonwealth. But he rewords this. Hey, Ray, don't 
don't just rehash stuff and write a whole new article. That's kind of cheating. It's dorky. Um, parenthetically, though, it's more for Josh Hamilton Hornsby, she already said, to make contact with the new community. Well, we're getting the impression that things go, don't go too well. And then Maggie, Lydia, and Elijah end up being pulled into the situation. You know, this really is a rehash. Okay, you know what? This is silly. This didn't need to be a second article. Ray, please stop it. You're generally a very good writer. Don't do not do this crap. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. It is 8.52 anyway. So writers and directors. Let's check in with Joan real quick. Um, oh, Joan says apparently W-E-Y-R can also be pronounced where. Sorry for the confusion with the spelling, she says. Um, and we don't know how this specific person chooses to pronounce her name. So it's, there's really no way to be absolutely sure. Well, I'm going to real quick add that to the notes. You know, just when I do these things, you know, I try to make a good faith effort to pronounce them how, properly, you know. All right. So writers and directors. Tonight's episode was written by Jim Barnes and Eric Mountain, Eric with a K. It is directed by Lauren Iaconelli. And yes, all of these names should sound at least a tiny bit familiar to regulars. Jim Barnes, first. There is currently nothing personal available on Barnes as far as biographical information goes. There's a few of these that I find very strangely have no footprint on social media. And I'm like, were you working for the CIA when you were writing episodes of zombie movies? I don't know. It just seems kind of weird to me. But anyway, I can't find anything on him, and I can't find anything on his co-writer either. We'll get to that in a minute. Barnes is not to be confused with another writer of a similar name, Welsh Choctaw writer Jim Weaver McCown Barnes, who was born in Oklahoma in 1933. Like old enough to be this Jim's dad at least, if not possibly grandfather. Barnes' current Twitter bio says he is a writer-slash-fighter-slash-Jedi Knight. Okay. Co-executive producer on The Walking Dead and currently lives in Los Angeles. Barnes has five other writer's credits in IMDb before this. He has been a writer for Nikita in 2010, Revolution in 2012, Gotham in 2015, and Timeless in 2016, and then Executive Story Editor for Falling Skies in 2015. Barnes has three producer's credits, co-producer for Gotham, 2015 to 16, producer and supervising producer for Timeless, 2016 to 18, and co-executive producer for The Walking Dead since Season 10, Episode 1. That would be 35 episodes as of tonight. Barnes has written six episodes of Walking Dead before tonight's episode, starting with Season 10, Episode 3, Ghosts, up to Season Opener, this season, Asheron, Part 2. Tonight is his seventh. He is also the co-writer for next week's Episode 14, The Rotten Core, with tonight's co-writer, Eric Mountain. So they did tonight's episode, and they will have done next week's episode as well. Different directors. We'll get to that in a minute. He has been on Talking Dead three times. 2019, after Season 9, Episode 3, Ghosts. 2020, after Season 9, Episode 10. I forgot to catch the name, sorry. And 2021, after Season 9, Episode 25, one more. Um, It's 8.55, so I can probably get Eric's bio, but I don't think I'm going to get Lauren's on top of it. And I'll do the best I can. Okay, Eric Mountain, co-writer for tonight. There's very little biographical information on Eric Mountain to speak of. His Twitter bio says he is a dad and TV writer. The Walking Dead, person of interest, taken lethal weapon, Rome. His LinkedIn has him currently based in Redondo Beach, California, and holder of a BA in communications and screenwriting from Loyola Marymount University in L.A., Graduating cum laude in 1995. Actually, I'm going to give him applause for that. That's it. That is a hell of an accomplishment. Okay, Joan has something else to say. Oh, no. 
But it's we left off at where I just uh, hallucinated or something. Okay, a WB television workshop as in the network um, questionnaire asked, "Where are you from and what inspired you to become a television writer?" Answer from Eric: I grew up in Rancho Palo Verde, just outside of Los Angeles. And apologies if I say that wrong. I'd say the show that inspired me early on was Picket Fences. The characters were quirky, the dialogue was sharp, and the stories were frequently edgy and dark. I think it was also the first time I actually paid attention to the writing of a show, as I've always loved Judge Bone's summations. Mountain has five crew credits, starting out with being a PA on Dharma and Greg in 1997. Oh, that's kind of funny, because that meant he would have worked with Ah, Jenna Elfman, who is June and on fear. (laughs) So, you know, we're having a little Kevin Bacon moment. Okay. Three gigs after that is Brad Cravoy's assistant and on Rome in 2005. Edgar Allan Poe Awards 2016 nominee for best episode in a TV series uh, for Person of Interest 2011, shared with Melissa Scrivener Love, co-writer, for episode Terra Incognita. Uh, it's 8.57. I think I can finish. He has four producer's credits. Person of Interest 2013, Lethal Weapon, the TV series 2016, Taken in 2018, and co-executive producer for Walking Dead, starting with season 10, episode 17, Home Sweet Home, up to now. That's 18 episodes. He has five writer's credits, including Walking Dead, starting with Chase and Person of Interest. Tonight is his third writing credit for Walking Dead specifically. The first was season 10, episode 19, One More. He also co-wrote next week's episode with Jim Barnes. All right, 8.58. Um, I'm going to start Lauren's, but I don't think I'll finish it before we go dark. So Lauren S. Iaconelli. There's nothing much known about Lauren's bio or personal details. All these guys are like secret squirrels that write things. Okay. Um. New ASC member, and that's American Society of Cinematographers, Lauren Iaconelli grew up surrounded by the film industry. Her father, Steve, was a veteran cinematographer who became a member of the ASC in 1996. Her mother, Yvonne, served as a production supervisor. It is now 8.59. I'm actually going to go ahead and pause here and get set up to go dark in a hot second. And then we can talk about this at the next commercial break. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you guys in a few minutes. Okay, guys, it is 9.04, and we are already at the first commercial break. That was kind of interesting and nice and not the same old shit that has been going on quite a bit. And I kind of like what Joan had to say Like the opening this week, I'll start with six. I agree with you, and I am willing to do that, too, because it is a good, clean opening. All right, so that is there. Let's go back to Lauren Iaconelli's bio. Okay. Um, As a student at California State University, Iaconelli studied psychology, but soon after graduation, she found herself following in her father's footsteps. Yaganelli first entered the camera department as a film loader and climbed the ranks. She worked as a second AC on the comedy features Never Been Kissed and The Out-of-Towners before moving up to first AC on projects such as the procedural drama Without a Trace and documentary feature The Kid Stays in the Picture. She then moved on to serve as camera operator on such series as Heroes, True Blood, Life, Brothers and Sisters, Lie to Me, In Plain Sight, and Ray Donovan. During this time, mentors including Sidney Seidel, ASC, and Matthew Jensen, ASC, gave Iaconelli opportunities to shoot additional photography, and she served as second unit DP on Glee. Iaconelli was able to transition from operator to director of photography on Ray Donovan, and since then she has photographed series including House of Lies, Shameless, the Shy, and Animal Kingdom. She's also the first daughter of an active ASC member 
invited to join the society, Steve Iaconelli, who died in 2003. The cinematographer currently serves on the National Executive Board of Local 600. She has two director's credits, both for TV shows in 2019. She has cinematographer credits, seven of them since 2014, Ray Donovan, Bones, House of Lies, Shameless, The Shy, and Animal Kingdom. I'm keeping an eye out because we have a trailer for stuff, and we may be back in a minute. She has 28 camera and photography credits back to 1999, including Heroes, True Blood, Glee, Bones, and many more. And are we back? Yes, it it looks like we are. Okay, I'll see you guys at the second break. Thank you. Okay, guys, it's 9.13. That was a pretty beefy break in there. So we're at commercial break number two. And I am going to 6.25. Joan's going to 6.5. This episode is moving better than the one last week. And Joan and I had a few comments. So both of us were saying versions of remember last season when they were all like, It's been years now, and we shouldn't bother using up gasoline because you can't really take care of cars like that, and let's just move to horses and using horses and things. And now all of a sudden they're taking the truck out, which takes gasoline, and where's gasoline been that's any good? We're all like, did the Commonwealth give them gas? And yes, the plot thickens. Joan says she likes the conversations as well. She can see why the Commonwealth would seem tempting to some. Yes. And I can also see there's a theme in this show. When you get structure and leadership, either they're corrupt or they're good, but they've got problems they can't overcome very well, like Alexandria. Um, Or even Hilltop and Oceanside. You know, everything, even if it's stable, it seems like it's doomed. I don't know. It's part of the tone of the series, I get, but I just find it disheartening that all of them seem to die. And I think the Commonwealth will as well. Please note, I have never read the comics. I don't know what happens to the Commonwealth in the comics. But just going by hints from episodes that have been on now. Let me go ahead and keep going with my notes that I have to tell you guys. Um, Okay. Good. We saved the meat and potatoes of... Lauren Iaconelli's bio. So directing tonight's episode is the sixth work of any kind she's done within the Walking Dead franchise. And she had five prior director's credits. They were all within World Beyond. This is the first time that she's worked on Walking Dead Classic or anything outside World Beyond. So the first in World Beyond was season one, episode eight, Sky's Graveyard. Uh, Season 2, Episode 1, The Opening Consequence. 3 is Season 2, Episode 2, Foothold. 4th is Season 2, Episode 9, Death and the Dead. And the series finale, Episode 10, The Last Light. Oh, this is interesting. Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. What are they in? I've been seeing stuff with this, but I can't remember what show it is. All right, come on, tell me. Any minute now they're going to tell me, and then we'll probably go back. Oh, we crashed. I've never heard of that. How interesting. It's on Apple TV, which I don't have. Oh, we're in a Guinness commercial, so let's keep going. Trivia time. Da-da-da. Episode 13. That's tonight. Tonight's episode is the 166th episode of Walking Dead ever. I'm going to check with Jones. He's no nothing new to add, so let's continue for a second. First appearance of the character Jesse played by Connor Hammond. He's a member of the Commonwealth. First appearance of Toby Carlson, played by Jason Butler-Harner, a member of the Commonwealth, also slated to be in episodes 14 and 15. First appearance of Sergeant Crow, C-R-O-W-E, as in Russell, played by Harry Bazemore Jr., Commonwealth Army slated for episode 14, The Rotten Core. And we are back, so I'll see you guys at break number three.
Okay, guys, it's 925, and I believe we are at commercial break number three. Um, I'm at 6.5. Joan is remaining at 6.5, although she likes the intrigue of this last segment. Um, I am calling an amazing amount of bullshit on the last sequence because why in the hell are they targeting some random tiny colony of 40 people in Virginia from Ohio? Ohio, Ohio, Ohio is seven hours right now, no apocalypse, by car, with everything being normal and clean and working. There is no way that that group could take horses, get down there within a day, and have everybody be fine and no supplies lost, no attacks, no anything. Screaming plot hole, guys. You're starting to lose my love here. I'm just telling you. Joan mentioned, when did Aaron and Father Gabriel move to the Commonwealth? Um, Some of the promos have said that it's been a while now that they've been there. Like everybody has been there. They're they're fudging this a little bit, honestly. I don't really quite know exactly when they've been there. They were in Alexandria's Commonwealth helping to rebuild. What did I miss? Well, also remember the Commonwealth wasn't really trying to rebuild them. They were trying to, you know, force their resources to do their bidding. I don't know, but they're seven hours apart by car at least. So I don't know what's going on. It it, it smells funny, and that's why I'm gonna go to six five. But I don't. I'm not sure I'm feeling love after that unless they fix it. All right, let's go back to trivia. And let's see here. Oh, yeah, we haven't finished introducing new characters yet. Okay. First appearance of the character Hart, H-A-R-T, that's her last name, played by Janique Hendricks. She's a resident of Riverbend. Trivia. Tamara Austin, who portrayed Nora, who is an Alexandria resident, in season 9 and 10, is good friends with Janique and helped her get her role in season 11. First appearance of the character Ian, played by Michael Bain at Riverbend. Yes, he is some kind of leader there. And yes, that Michael Bain. Uh, first appearance of Annie, played by Medina Senghor, S-E-N-G-H-O-R-E, and she is also a resident of Riverbend. This episode marks Cassidy McClincy, um, Alpha's daughter, I have spazzed on her name. Joan, if you're able to help me out, let me know. Uh, Lydia, yeah, there we go. Um, 25th appearance on the TV series. So that's tonight. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Months have passed. That's where I got this. And many of our heroes have settled into the concept and routine of the Commonwealth, rediscovering who they were prior to the apocalypse and envisioning who they want to be now. But life at Hilltop during this time has become stark in comparison. As food becomes harder to find and the daily grind continues to wear on them, some question of the Commonwealth, come question if the Commonwealth might be the better option. Then one cryptic message starts a deadly chain of events into motion. And we are back. I'll see you guys at break number four. It's 9.41, and we're at break number four, and holy shit. Um, I'm going to get a 6.75, although this guy that's running his yap reminds me way too much of Hornsby, and I really want the crap kicked out of him. So we will see how that goes. All right, so putting that out there. Um. Okay, Joan had added from the earlier conversation, she got the impression last week that Hornsby was trying to take over Alexandria and the other settlements, not take people from there to the main Commonwealth in Ohio. And I mentioned that it's been a few months, so who knows what's happened over the next few months with that plan. Uh, She said it's just confusing to keep jumping forward like this. I agree. It's also super confusing 
that they are continuing to treat Ohio as if it's just down the street from Virginia. No, fuckers. It's at least three states away, three very long states that it takes a while to drive. So please stop this. And Joan had mentioned they know a little too much thinking, just assuming Gabriel's a priest. But I think if this guy is pretty sharp, he's noticed they have a special shirt that they use that holds his white collars. And there's a place it inserts. So if you pay attention to that, you can figure out that whoever's wearing it is wearing at least a priest shirt. Um, anyway, uh, Joan's going to 675, but just for Gabriel's tell it like it is attitude. Yeah. And I hope this guy that's with them gets killed. Honestly, I have no use for him whatsoever. All right. Co-stars tonight. Ken Michael Spiller is Herschel Reed. Gustavo Gomez is Marco is the Hilltop Youth. Michael Hansen is Jake Daniels in the Commonwealth Army. I, I'm never sure how to say this, if it's Brian or not, and I'm sure it's not a typo because it's happened multiple times now. B-R-A-I-A-N. It's some kind of take on Brian, and I'm really sorry I can't say it. Rivera Jimenez as Green in the Commonwealth Army. Henry Bazemore Jr. Sergeant Crow. Janique Hendricks as Hart, who is the bald woman that came out of the apartment. Camry Rose Brault as shipment trooper in the Commonwealth Army. And we're still in commercial, so let's go uncredited tonight. Unknown actress as Kim, ex-warden in Alexandria. Unknown as Carrie, uh, that was a lady at the Commonwealth Ball. She's been in a couple more episodes previously. Kinney, K-I-N-N-E-Y, like the shoes. M. Lee as Hilltop resident since season seven. In season six, Kenny portrayed a wolf who was fatally wounded who fatally wounded Holly in JSS before being shot and killed by Rosita. Since season seven, Kenny has been portraying a second character, a resident of Hilltop. Alright. <laughs> okay. Sorry, there was just a dumb commercial on. Nelson Padilla as Hilltop resident, Mario Williams as Alexandria resident, John Gettier. As Alexandria resident, Ember Brown is Oceanside resident, Jenny Brown is Oceanside resident. Trivia from last week's show, episode 12. Uh, that was 165th episode of Walking Dead ever. First appearance of Theo. Uh, last appearance of Deanna and Reg Monroe in a photograph. The title of the episode, The Lucky Ones, refers to Maggie and Pamela's conversation about how lucky they are, oh, how lucky they and the people... <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Around them have been during the apocalypse. Uh, this episode was originally titled "All or Nothing," but was changed later for unknown reasons. That title refers to Lance's statement to Aaron about needing all the communities to be in agreement in order for Pamela to grant her assistance. This episode marks the return of Rachel Ward, who's the leader, and Oceanside, who haven't been seen on the show since a certain doom. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Eugene comes face-to-face with the real person behind the, quote, Stephanie identity on the radio, but how can he be certain it's truly her? Will it be too much for him to process? With his heart and soul shattered, who will he turn to? Who will he be able to trust? Meanwhile, Hornsby presents his plans for Alexandria to Governor Pamela Milton. Maggie gets a glimpse. Sorry, I'm talking tired. Uh, into life at the Commonwealth, and Ezekiel gets unsettling news. The framed photo of Deanna and Reg Monroe is a promotional still from the episode Spend that was made into black and white. And we are back. I'll see you at break number five. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Joan and I are in accord going up to seven. My seven comes with a caveat, though. It's, episode's almost over. I really like all the stuff going on, but I cannot let it go how they are pretending Ohio is right down the street from Northern Virginia. That's complete and utter bullshit. I love this new plot twist. Let me get to my notes and hurry up and try to get you the rest of the stuff we need. Okay. 
Um, trivia. So co-stars last week, Kim Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree, Nicholas Velez as Theo, uncredited Tova Felsha as Deanna Moreau, Steve Coulter as Reg, Rebecca Ray as Elaine, that's the ice cream lady, Jason Fernandez as Livet, unknown baby as uh, Coco Espinoza, Brandon Pagel, Jake Calloway, um, Kenny M. Lee, Jamel Vaughn, and Laura Kelly, and Terry Joe Kennedy as Hilltop residents. Michael Cosmas Anasis, I may be saying this wrong, A-N-A-N-I-C-Z, as Warden, Elena Paget as an Oceanside resident, Alan James Weber as an Oceanside resident, interesting, boys, and Greg Nicotero was a walker. No deaths listed, no errors caught. Birthdays this week, yes, let's get this out of the way, too. Sonequa Martin-Green, Sasha, March 21st, she's from Russellville, Alabama. Russ Blackwell, Donnie of the Saviors, March 23rd, Rockville, Illinois. Keisha Castle-Hughes, whose Joan was a Grady patient, March 24th, and she's from Donnybrook, Australia. She's half Maury and half Pakeha. Pakeha, pardon me. It's a European New Zealander. Kaylee Presley Fleming, older Judith Grimes, uh, March 25th, Picayune, Mississippi. I don't know if I'm saying that right either. Rich Seraulo, C-E-R-A-U-L-O, was hero, uh, savior lieutenant, March 27th, New York City. Let's give everybody happy birthday, Paul. All right, let me try to get the rest of this done. Featured music they didn't have any last week. Unaccounted for characters we'll get into later. Talking Dead tonight, Father Gabriel himself. And I hope to God it's not because he's dying, but we'll see. It, it could happen. Seth Gilliam, plus actor, writer, and producer, Mr. Diallo Riddle, D-I-A-L-L-O Riddle, and a surprise guest. Surprise guest may be somebody that dies in the next five minutes. I don't know. Discussions. Uh, next episode, next weekend, 167-14, The Rotten Core. Writers are Jim Barnes and Eric Melton. Director is Marcus Stokes. That's the 27th. Monday Night in America on NDB Media, Phantom Access, The Rock and Roll Shrink, and Travel Itch Radio. And I'm going to hang on until the end to give you guys the outro. All right, Gillette Labs, we're still in commercial. Okay. Joe says, surprise guest on Talking Dead is Michael Bay. No surprise there. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you were able to find that out, and I like him. So we know that much. Um, I can kind of slow down that I've squeezed everything under the wire now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, the other episodes that are coming up, uh, 168.15 is Trust. The writers and directors, we don't know. That's on April 3rd. And then followed by 169.16, God. Writers and directors unknown, 410. That's also the same day that uh, the um, Dead in the Water thing comes out on AMC+. So let's see. All right, we have nacho fries commercial, and I was going so fast, and now I'm slowing down. <laughs> I really just we only have about technically six minutes left, and I just want to make sure we get everything in. Um, no time for articles tonight. That's all fine. Um, Heath, Rick, and Georgie are the missing people, plus Winnie. That's the girl who ran away in, in season nine, episode 14, Scars, the one where Michonne was pregnant. And we are back. All right. See you guys at the end. Thank you. Okay. It's 10.04. Talking Dead is starting. I agree with Joan. I'm going to end on 725 just because I like these turns of events. I don't like the Commonwealth, and I don't like what's going on, but I like the way that the art is portrayed. Um, Michael Baines, a surprise guest. Guys, go have fun. We will see you next weekend. Thank you for joining us, as always. Very much appreciated. And I will see you guys then. Thanks.